0: Hello, and welcome to MacCast, a podcast from the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. I'm Dr. Jack Rosenberry. I teach journalism here at Fisher, and I'm sitting in today for Dr. Warren Vicker. It's sometimes said that to tell someone, may you live in interesting times, is more of a curse than a blessing. And to say that these are interesting times for the news industry is something of an understatement. Today, our guest on the podcast is Karen Magnuson, editor and vice president of news at the Democrat and Chronicle. We'll be getting her perspective on these interesting times, but first, let's find out what's been happening in the Department of Media and Communication. The Media
1: and Communication Department senior dinner will take place in Wilson Formal on Thursday, May 10th from 6 to 8, 30 p.m., Graduating seniors will receive invitations directly from their professors within the next week. Students who want to take COM 300 Junior Seminar next year, please remember that you need to sign up for permission in order to register for the class in the fall or spring. Check your emails from Professor Sarakin for more information on how to get permission. A reminder for students that course evaluations begin on April 16th and will run until Sunday, April 29th. We encourage everyone to complete the evaluations. Thinking of doing an internship for credit this summer? The deadline to apply for a tuition waiver for the summer internship has been extended. See Dr. Vicker in FAY 203 for more information. This is a reminder that if you want to study abroad in London next January and did not go to one of the informational meetings, Dr. Rosenberry in FAY 204 has information on the program. The final issue for Cardinal
0: Courier Magazine will be coming out next week. Check the stands for the latest stories. Welcome back to MacCast. I'm Jack Rosenberry. And with me today is Karen Magnuson, editor and vice president for news at the Democrat and Chronicle. Karen came to Rochester 19 years ago from the Wichita Eagle newspaper in Wichita, Kansas, and has been Democrat and Chronicle editor for 17 of those years. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Oh, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Clearly, these are not only interesting times for the news industry, but challenging ones as well. What do you think are the top one or two challenges facing the industry, and how well do you think the industry as a whole is doing in coping with them?
2: I think the first challenge is to preserve the integrity of our print products while we're transforming over to digital, because the consumer is really telling us that they want to be able to consume news on digital platforms a lot of people prefer it that way period but we still have particularly here in rochester um, a lot of print readers who hold on to that and they would prefer to read print and really don't want to go online so balancing those two things is really by far our greatest challenge
0: And what are some of the innovations the Democrat and Chronicle has made to help keep up with these challenges in its corner of the world?
2: Well, in Rochester, um, we're blessed to have uh, really one of the most print-centric markets in the country. Uh, We still um, reach about 50 percent of the adults in our market with our print product. And so we work very hard to preserve the integrity of Mm -hmm. that. At the same time, We've abandoned some of the things that we call commodity news. Uh, for example, we used to print, as you recall, jack pages and pages of stocks. We we just have, uh, you know, a little bit of stocks in our newspaper now because we know that commodity news is something that people can get somewhere else. And what we're trying to do is focus in on the things that only the Democrat and Chronicle can provide. On the other side of the coin, we're investing into digital like never before. Um, We have a digital studio where we produce a lot of uh, special reports. We now have a drone program Ah. where we go up into the air and we're able to get uh, photos and, and videos from a bird's eye viewpoint. And so from a multimedia standpoint, we're able to tell stories in new and different ways to serve the audience on mobile platforms.
0: It was interesting to hear what you said about the mobile platforms. Could you elaborate on that a little bit more and how important they're becoming to... Um, audience preferences.
2: Yes well we have this thing called the smartphone (laughs) and everybody seems to want to consume their news on it. Uh, I think a lot of people are on the run so they are consuming news where they're waiting in line at the grocery store whether they're sitting in the doctor's office maybe in their lunch hour. I know I see a lot of people at the DNC cafe they're looking at their smartphones and catching up on things maybe it's email, Facebook, um, news outlets but Everybody's trying to squeeze in time for learning about what's going on in the world. So we have to be able to tell stories on that platform, um, unlike uh, the days of old when all we really did is write for print. Um, We could go on forever and a day with narrative. You might might remember those days, Jack. Now we have to be smarter and more strategic about the way we package information. Um, We will still do long narratives, and if the narratives are really good, people will still read them on mobile. But if they're on the run, they're more likely to digest information that is going to be a quicker hit. Um, they also are very much interested in learning about things through video. So we really have to be experts in video, and that wasn't the case many years ago. Um, and also in terms of interactive graphics and, uh, and being really uh, understanding about where people are, and where they want their information. People used to come to us. And even when we were online, they used to come to our homepage. Now we have to go where they are. So that means we really need to understand where to where to post stories, whether that's on different kinds of platforms in order to reach different kinds of people, what time of day we might wanna post it. We have to be experts in search engine optimization. So if people are searching for the news, our stories will surface. There's just a lot more to it in order to serve the mobile consumer.
0: Um, Sharing of news through social media has become an important part of the landscape. And on the one hand, this can help news organizations spreading interesting and important stories faster and more efficiently. But as we're seeing in the current environment, it can be a problem with sharing of unverified and even fabricated information. I'm just wondering what some of your thoughts are about how news organizations should be approaching their use of social media to help mitigate some of these problems.
2: Mm-hmm. We have a, a principles of ethical conduct that we follow very closely. Um, as you know, Jack, we had a principles of ethical conduct years and years ago, but it's been updated um, almost every year to make sure that we're including all of the emerging platforms and the emerging Ethical issues Mm -hmm. that we need to address in order to make sure that we're being fair, we're being um, independent minded, and we're also being as accurate as humanly possible. And uh, in today's environment, I think that's one of the things that sets us apart because um, we have a lot of standards that we uphold every single day. And we spend a lot of time talking about how we should be upholding these. Every day we have a challenge that essentially comes from social media and we have a discussion about how we should handle it based on our our code of ethics. So I think it's really important for everybody to be understanding that we're a participant in social. We need to be a participant in social because that's where people are going for their news. But we might not hop on that one rumor right away because we're trying to verify the sourcing on it, right? or we might not be as quick as somebody else to tell a particular story because we're waiting until we have more facts before we Mm -hmm. put ourselves out there. I think in today's 24 seven world, some people are just way too eager to hop on something that sounds like a good story, but may be
0: very misleading. And I think some of what, you know, what you've been talking about is wrapped up in what I was wondering about for my next question about some of your perspectives which is that, you know, there's a challenge for the industry of sort of a lack of public trust. Mm -hmm. And certainly following ethical standards and verification and all of that are a part of that. But is there anything else that you think the industry and individual organizations within it should be doing to kind of regain the public's trust?
2: Yes, I think that we're not very good as an industry at telling our own story. (laughs) Um, we, we don't feel comfortable tooting our own horn. Uh, we often just cover the news and provide uh, perspective through our investigative reporting um, and what we call exclusive enterprise, you mm-hmm. know, stories that nobody else has told before. But what I've come to realize in recent years is that we need to do a lot better job of showing people how we do what we do, why we do what we do, and the fact that it takes a lot of time and effort to do it right And so we're writing more columns, for example, to explain how we did that watchdog story or what the diversity is in our newsroom compared to other newsrooms or um, what are the code of ethics all about and how can you learn more. So then that way people understand that we take these things very, very seriously. And if they do have any questions, they can come to us and we'll answer.
0: So it's a matter of being more transparent to the... To the readership about how you go about making the news decisions?
2: Yes, I think so because I I think for many years we just assumed that people knew, Mm -hmm. Um, but today especially when our credibility is questioned on so many fronts I think it's incumbent upon us to be more transparent as you mentioned and um, share more about the thought that goes into everything that we do. We don't take things, especially sensitive issues lightly at all Um, We have extensive conversations about how we should handle sensitive topics. And if we explain to people exactly what those conversations were about and how we got there, um, then at least they'll understand that we're very thoughtful about our approach and um, it's not just all about who has the story first.
0: So do you think that despite all the challenges, journalism is still a good business to be in?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think actually today um, is one of the most exciting times in our industry. It's a challenge to be sure, um, especially when you consider over the years that our newsrooms um, have shrunk um, because of the transformation and the financial challenges facing our business. But I think now we're able to get some real serious digital traction. We're building audience there and the monetization opportunities are following. And especially for students that are coming out of places like St. John Fisher, there are just a multitude of new opportunities. Um, We have somebody uh, who came from St. John Fisher that we were able to bring in um, straight out of school. She had an internship. Um, Her name is Olivia Lopez, and she's done just absolutely terrific work for us. She's a videographer and photographer. She came in with some skills Uh, That were so digital savvy that she was turning around and teaching some of our veterans a trick or two And it was really neat to see how she worked with the veterans They taught her a lot more about journalism um, And the traditional way of sourcing and going about doing our journalism And she taught them a little bit more about Here are some shortcuts for how to produce that video just a little bit quicker and better
0: I remember Olivia well. She was one of my students. Maybe she learned some of those video tricks and and such in some of my classes. Maybe so. So, um, and actually that's a good segue to what I was also wondering about, which is what sorts of things should students who are interested in journalism as a career be studying and doing while they're in college to prepare themselves?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you need to really better understand the basics. Um, You know, you got to know how to find good stories and you, know, you need to know how to tell them well. And to understand that, you, you have to grasp the basics of what a journalist needs to do to be able to gather that information, what kind of information needs to be gathered, and how to work a beat. I, I find that some students come to me not really understanding what that's all about, how to work a beat. Um, but you also need to be adept at how to story tell in a variety of ways, you know, in the old days when you and I were coming out of college, all we needed to do was, you know, know how to write, essentially, and be able to report well. So write and report. Now, you need to know how to write and report, but you need to understand how to tell that story in a variety of different ways to reach a variety of different audiences depending upon their platform preference. So. There are more opportunities as a result and more challenges for students, but more opportunities, I think, for students to be able to showcase their particular skill sets. In Olivia's case, for example, she, uh, she just came in, um, blew us away with her um, video storytelling skills. And so uh, she that's where she decided to focus her area of expertise and she has helped us grow and helped our culture in in making sure that uh, everybody really understands how to do video.
0: Um, Beyond the the kind of the skill set and the mindset, any other advice that you would have for college students and young professionals interested in working in journalism?
2: Yes, know how to talk to people. Uh, there, there are some uh, students that come out of college, and I've learned that they are shy and not quite sure how to ask questions of strangers, and that's something that you really need to practice and really make sure that you have down, because if we send you out on an assignment and you're afraid to ask that person questions, you're not going to get the story. And so I think that uh, I would advise people to even role play with their friends um, and family members, anybody that they can grab to um, uh, develop a line of questioning about particular topics so that you have a comfort level. And when you're um, on the scene of breaking news or whether you're actually interviewing for more of an in-depth profile, you understand how to put people at ease. You you ooze credibility so that people will know that you uh, have your wits about you so that you can handle the situation and that they can trust you with the information. Okay.
0: Well, Karen Magnuson, thank you for sharing your insights with us. A- anything else you can think of that you think the MacCast uh, audience would like to know about the current state of the industry or your thoughts on it?
2: Well, one of the things that I think is important for the industry is uh really making diversity a higher priority Um, over the years uh, because of the financial challenges that we faced um, we haven't as an industry been good about making sure that as we're able to hire that we're reflecting the the changing demographics of of the country and uh, that's a particular passion of mine Um, I'm involved with a group called the American Society of News Editors. I'm on the board, and I'm co-chair of the Diversity Committee. And we conduct an annual survey of newsrooms to see where we stand with diversity. And I believe that the last uh, time we conducted a survey, which was last year, um, the uh, diversity in newsrooms stood at about 16.5%. Um we can do a lot better than that, and we should do a lot better than that and uh and so um it 's something that I pay a particular close attention to in mm-hmm. Rochester in our newsroom we uh We have uh about twenty five percent um are people of color, and I think that that adds a richness to our report and being able to really uh cover the entire community um and not just some parts. So that would be an area that I think everybody in the industry can do a better job on. I would just say for anybody listening to this in Rochester that feel free to come down to the Democrat and Chronicle. We're at 245 East Main in a relatively new building. We just moved in a couple years ago. It's state-of-the-art. We have a digital studio. We have a, a talented crew, and we'd love to show you around the newsroom.
0: Okay. Thanks again for being with us. You're welcome.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: MacCast is a production of the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. Listen on SoundCloud or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and like us on social media so others can find and enjoy these conversations. Zach Beaver is our audio producer and records What's Happening. Alexi Goff compiles events and promotes our podcast on social media. Our original theme music was composed and performed by Dr. Joseph Lopacaro. Jordan Prietti designed our logo. Cecil Felton is the executive producer, and I'm Jack Rosenberry, sitting in for Lauren Vicker. Thanks you for joining us, and please look for us again next week.